Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And if you're looking at the title wondering what the hell I'm banging on about, then it's uh, it's actually a uh, Bob Dylan tune. Um, and whilst it's one that's always been up there as my kind of faves uh, from Bob, I found out some information about it this week which um, which I had no idea about and which has kind of put it in a slightly different place or probably elevated a bit, I, I guess, uh, in my kind of reckoning. So we'll get to that uh, further down the line. But before we start, let's have a little bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> So for years, I've liked this song by Bob Dylan called "Blind Willie McTell," and I was uh, watching a, uh, I was watching something on YouTube the other day, and it came up as being a song that he played live with his band at some event in honor of uh, Martin Scorsese. And I watched this version, which was very different to the version I knew. Now, the first time I heard this song uh, was on uh, a, a double CD called The Essential Bob Dylan, which pretty much has um, all the early stuff you would expect and then pretty much a track from most of the albums he recorded through the sort of um, 80s and, and 90s. And there's some fantastic stuff on there. And it was the later Dylan stuff that I got really quite... Um, into uh, particularly things like Joker Man or Hurricane, and and there's the, a few other tracks on there that I really, you know, really really liked. Um, and one of the tracks was was this track, Blind Blind Willie McTell. And I know I've not really explored a lot of the Dylan back catalogue, so I'm not that au fait with all the albums. So what I, I when I heard this, I I did a bit of a search around um, and found two or three other versions of this song. And every first, every time I found a version, he delivered it differently. And it was different to the one that I that I know. And I just assumed, as you do with most Greatest Hits album, that there's the stuff and they came from albums and they're a point in time and it's some kind of anthology and there it goes. Um, it, on doing a bit of reading of some of the comments, it became fairly obvious that this song had never actually appeared on a studio album proper. And he'd been recording it around about the time of the Infidels album. Um, and he'd he'd essentially shelved it. He'd, he'd recorded it and shelved it and said, no, it's not, it's not, we, it's not good enough. It's not going to make it. But it's a song he keeps coming back to and he's played live a few times. And every single time, as I say, in a slightly different way. Um, and the thing about that was that the, the version that's on The Essential Bob Dylan has now disappeared. If you find that album on Spotify, that song has now, has now gone. It's been replaced by something else. So obviously you can't erase it from the CD version, but it's not actually part of the, the, the Spotify version. So I don't actually know where to go to look for this track if you did sort of a Spotify search, because I don't actually know where it is. You can kind of find it on a YouTube search. Um, but you can't really find it, you know, unless it, and I haven't been through all the the rare and the B-sides album, but I don't know where the version that I'm used to hearing is. And of course, that prompts this whole thing of, well, there's this version of a track I'm used to hearing that is on this album that, that that's then made its way onto various compilation albums 
that 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 I've done because I really like it. But I don't actually know in the in you know it it, it this this song has now got its own backstory, fairly unique backstory. Yet for me, that's not how I thought of it. I just I made all the assumptions that I say that it was an album, it was a song from an album, and it, and it had come from a very orthodox route. And I think the thing about this particular song is it's one of those, it sits in a group of songs that just, uh, for me, are amongst the greatest things ever written because they're lyrically stro- so strong. They're all fairly melancholic. They're all fairly slow uh, songs. And, and lyrically, they're very, very interesting. So, you know, in the same way that I love Blind Willie McTell, um, I also, um, you know, I also love... Famous Blue Raincoat by Leonard Cohen. Uh, I also love Tower of Song, Leonard Cohen. I really adore Tom Trabert's Blues, uh, which is a Tom Waits tune. And they're all these similar sort of songs that have just got... Which, Wichita Lyman's another incredible example. Just just really evocative lyrics, really powerful songs. And the kind of songs, depending on the person, a lot of people will say, that's the greatest song ever written. So you will have a lot of people who will turn around and say, Wichita Lyman is the greatest song ever written. Or will turn around and say that Famous Blue Garenko or Hallelujah are the best songs ever written. And Blind Millie, Willie Mattel fits exactly into that same that same kind of that same kind of vibe so it's just been there and it's now it's now taken on this almost um mythical um because essentially that's the bit of the story i was missing it is this mythical kind of track and it's taken on even more mysticism now i've found that actually it's very difficult to actually even listen to this tune, uh, you know, the other thing that's amazing about it, it's just him on piano and, and acoustic guitar, as far as I can tell. And the, the acoustic guitar player, I believe, is Martin Offler. So, again, you've just got this very special track with these two musicians that's just absolutely astonishing, you know, dripping, absolutely dripping uh, with with um, emotion and dripping with this imagery. And it's, and it's just, you know, to have probably the most enduring songwriters uh, of the last sort of 30, 40 years anyway. Tuesday. I've mentioned that I've started fishing and I'm really enjoying, in fact I've been fishing this week, and I'm really enjoying just that bit of solitude sat on the, you know, on the the, the sort of pond bank or the canal bank or whatever it would be. Normally with me it's a sort of a, a pond bank. And uh, and just just how ha- and those sort of four or five hours just absolutely, you know, they whistle by as you find yourself just concentrating on other than you know a float tip or whatever it might be or whatever form of fishing you you know that you're doing, and and, and taking in what's going on and, and enjoying the sounds and, and everything that's going on and, and and being out sort of out in in nature. Um, but there's another bit of it that now is starting to take over uh, a little bit, and and it talks to it talks to men and stuff, because the one thing I'm finding with fishing is there's there's lots of bits of things that you need the whole fishing tackle thing and the the different ways of going about it and the different techniques and then the different I mean there's there's literally an unlimited number of variations and ways of doing it and different things that you can try. And of course, all of it comes with little bits of things that that you can that you can have and you can store and you can put in boxes and you can organise. 
and it and it's just it just got me thinking about that whole thing about you know men and garages and all these kind of hobbies that we have that all involve bits of things bits of things that you have to research and you have to buy and you have to you know you have to have everything that you need and you have to have every possible thing before you go and you start and it all has to be well organized and it all has to be you know it's not just a case of you do something you need the right tool for the right job and the right bit of tackle for the right and I'm just I'm loving it I'm absolutely loving it I'm finding myself pouring over pages and pages of of fishing tackle websites and trying to understand what everything does and what I need and all the bits and as I try a new technique or a new a new different way of of, of fishing or if I, you know it's just it's just fantastic so um I, I think we should rejoice in men and stuff and I'm not that's not a sexist thing I'm sure there's plenty of women with stuff but there's just something about men are hobbies and bits of stuff and I think it's something we should really rejoice in <laughs> I've made a point so far of not talking too much about the situation in Afghanistan simply because I just don't feel I know enough about it and uh, and the way it's being portrayed you know is definitely talking to heroes and villains but I don't really I don't really have enough of a handle on it um but I do feel the need uh, to mention Dominic Raab and his performance in front of the select committee today as he basically filibustered the way through, his way through the 90-minute the or two-hour, whatever it was, select committee um, hearing with no real um, effort on his part to supply any kind of detail or to do anything other than put some vagaries out there and, and, and then kind of just talk for a prolonged period until the questions went away. And it's... It, we, we know it's part of political discourse and we know um, that we get these vagaries and what have you but on a subject like this I felt that when there was very real and genuine questions being asked by MPs um, that, that we'd get more than that and, and, and we absolutely didn't it was a relatively shocking in fact it was a very shocking performance um, you know so of the things that we didn't find out what we didn't find out was much in the way of detail so clearly I think we we probably think that that his performance in in what is let's be honest his first real foreign emergency because in all the time he'd been in the office he's been dominated by covid there hasn't really been any foreign policy hasn't really really been any foreign travel so he's come up he's been found very much wanting in that first that first emergency but i think to me it was then just the other bits i mean this is a man who famously didn't understand uh, the importance of the Dover-Calais route for trade between uh, the UK and the EU now didn't seem to, you know, understand that that um, the 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 you know the Taliban who who have been marching for a great period of time now uh, in and obviously in the direction of Kabul would be heading that way with the intent of actually grabbing that city. And yes, you can talk about the fact that the city's capitulated in one breath, but uh, or, or even that they, maybe the country capitulated to a certain extent in one breath. But the fact of the matter is, it was fairly obvious what they were going to do. And to think that this was going to be, you know, years before it happened seemed a little bit, a little bit naive. Um, certainly, what it does point to is that you know, global Britain isn't a thing. I don't, I don't think we seem to have any influence at all anymore. And I think it is absolutely one of the 
you know, without mentioning the B word, or I'm going to mention the B word, it is one of those outcomes of Brexit that that the soft power we used to exert and where we used to punch above our weight, I don't think we I don't think we do anymore. And of course, when you look at characters like that as being people in those positions, then it's not actually that difficult to work out why. Thursday. I must have missed the memo. Uh, clearly, COVID's gone away, and I must have missed the the comms on that. Um, I don't I don't know why. Maybe they've gone into junk. But um, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about actually how people in Cornwall were being very upfront about um, the need to protect ourselves and protect the community. And uh, two weeks later, I'm back home. I, I did. I, I've noticed it through the week. But I wandered into the charity shop in the village, and um, and there was about ten people in there, and I was the only one uh, wearing a mask. But what was interesting about that was, apart from the staff, the staff were. But what was interesting about that was that when I looked around the group of people, I thought to myself, "Well, you're the risk category. You're the category that you know a year ago." was the category that was shielding. And obviously that's a generalisation. I know nothing about the individual people, but you just look in terms of the age and, and you think, right, well, you're the people that, that, you know, you're the people that we were trying to protect. Um, as, as it happens, I don't think that's the, the way it necessarily works out. But you're, you, 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 and you clearly think that you're now sort of not vulnerable anymore, that you're protected somehow. Um, the reason why I find that a little strange is that I was looking at the stats again because I'm I'm concerned at the moment that COVID numbers are rising, but they're not rising fast enough. And by that I mean we could find ourselves at thirty, forty, fifty thousand cases a day and five hundred deaths a day, and I don't think it would change anything. I'm 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 getting very concerned that the UK is getting complacent about that number, and I, I know I've talked a bit in the past about what's that acceptable death rate that we we can live with. Um, I'm not convinced it's 500 a week. I'm not convinced it's 25,000 a year. I might be wrong, but nobody seems to be worried at the moment. We 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 seem to be thinking that we, we you know we have our freedom and everything's fine, and maybe it's just me that's getting worried about the number of deaths, but. I, I, the other point about it is I keep doing the mental maths and realising that, you know, for every person that catches COVID, for every 100 people that catch COVID, that, you know, one to two people die. And that's not changed. That doesn't appear to be changing any time quick. And, of course, that's... Maybe it's me, but that's still worrying me. That's still a cause for concern for me. Um, that's That percentage is... That percentage is not far enough away from one in 10,000, which is where I'd kind of like it to be. Uh, and I know the numbers are skewed, and I know you could turn around and say, well, yes, it's still relatively low in different age groups. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the evidence <laughs> the evidence I've got is that the age groups where those statistics are very, very real and probably higher seem to seem to just be quite happy. They they think that we're back and and everything's fine and it's and it's really no problem. So um if if you know what I need to be signed up to to get all this great news, then please let me know because because I was as I say I was a little bit concerned at what I saw today. Friday, Abba. Then we have a new Abba single. It's actually a double A side, uh, or we've had two tracks released. Whether it's an A or a B or a double A side, I don't know. Uh, we have nine minutes plus of new Abba. Uh, music and how can that not be a good thing um 
I'm not going to say the tracks um, feel like they are ABBA at their finest, uh, but there's certainly nothing wrong with them. Uh, they're certainly, you know, as tracks go, they're absolutely fine. But just the sheer fact that we have ABBA back for something in what feels like it's a new proper ABBA album, and of course, whatever they decide to do with this crazy thing they're going to do with, you know, with with performance uh, is going to be interesting as well. But we've just got ABBA back. Um, how can that not be a great run into the weekend? Um, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna celebrate, celebrate that fact. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a card carrying ABBA fan. I'm probably like a lot of people that you know. I mean, I grew up with uh, the album that was in the house was Super Trooper. That's the one that I remember uh, being that, and you know, with that and Winner Takes It All and what have you on, and 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 that's my kind of early. Uh, recollections of, of ABBA and then like everybody else I've went through the greatest hits I went through ABBA Gold and then of course when we had the re-emergence of Dancing Queen and that was something that seemed to float around uh, particularly at university that was something that would get well still gets everybody going let's be honest but there's just something and then of course you discover when you get past that you discover the absolute genius of some of that work um and how clever some of the songwriting is, and how clever some of the music is, and what a fantastic, fantastic, um, you know, band they absolutely were, and how groundbreaking they were in in terms of stuff that they did. Uh, I was chatting to somebody today who said he reckoned they they kind of you know in, invented uh, modern pop, and 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 there's certainly something in that. I don't think that's an argument you can you can dismiss. Certainly in certain styles, and and you can definitely look at so many bands that owe owe such a lot to them. So the fact they're back. Um, is 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 something to be cherished, and I think uh, if I, I'm going to do nothing other than to finish off the week on, on that one, and uh, and 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 pretty much tie it up. It's a relatively short uh, episode by my um, by my sort of standards this week, um, and it seems, and I've, I seem to have got a bit ranty as well. So ranty about Rob, and and, and ranty about people's behavior with regard to to covid maybe it is just maybe maybe i just don't think we're out of the woods yet and maybe i am in a minority and that's and that's absolutely fine but i just i just find it all a little bit i find it all a little bit disappointing but then everything talks to everything else i guess the fact we're not outraged by a lot and the fact that we're so self-obsessed on other things means that you know there's there's it doesn't surprise me that that actually people now are, are like well we, that was 18 months uh, yeah it's all gone now it's all fine and yet uh, in my head I'm not I'm not kind of seeing it that way around but I'll not go on about that because I was talking about abba and let's leave it let's leave it on an abba high um and I'll if you haven't heard it go out and find the new abba tracks and at least give them a listen one sounds very much like a musical um, one sounds like it could have been something from chess or something like that, and the other ones are he's, he's a bit more straight ahead, uh, uh, you know, Abba. And uh, yeah, they're well they're well worth a listen. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Uh, I hope you all I hope you're all safe and well. And I will uh, I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production